السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله عظيم الإحسان واسع الفضل والجود والامتنان أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد يحيي ويميت بيده الخير وهو على كل شيء قدير وأشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فيا عباد الله اتقوا الله تبارك وتعالى هف تقواف الله هف فيرب الله سبحانه وتعالى in private and in public in secret and in open whether you're upon land upon sea or up in the air regardless of where you are and who is with you know that Allah Jalla wa Aziz is watching you أيها المسلمون الله سبحانه وتعالى هي said in his book يا أيها الذين آمنوا قوا أنفسكم وأهليكم نارا O you who have believed save yourselves and your family from a fire وقودها الناس والحجارة its fuel is of men and stones a fire whose fuel is of men, human beings, and stones. عليها ملائكة غلاظ شداد لا يعصون ما لا يعصون الله ما أمرهم ويفعلون ما يؤمرون. In charge of that fire are stern angels, strict and severe and stern angels. They do not disobey Allah concerning what He has commanded them, and they do. Just as they have been ordered. Ayyuhal Muslimun. This ayah from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, among many matters, from the things that it stresses importance regarding, is the importance of the family, the importance of your children. Protecting your child, safeguarding your son, protecting your daughter from the fire of hell. And thus we find Ali ibn Abi Talib he said concerning this ayah, as far as the children are concerned, he said, Teach them and discipline them. Teach them Islam. Teach them the virtues of Islam. Teach them what they have been commanded with, what they have been prohibited from, and discipline them. Discipline them in that regard. Why? Because our children are our responsibility. As the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, he said, Kullukum ra'im wa kullukum mas'oolun an ra'iyatihi. All of you are shepherds. What does a shepherd do? He takes care of his flock. And for that reason, the messenger said, all of you are shepherds and all of you are responsible for their flock. Each and every single one of you is responsible for your flock. Therefore, I am responsible for my children and those that are under my guardianship. And every single man that is here and every single woman that is here and every has a child has a child that he is a father of or a mother of or a child that he is a guardian of 
he's responsible for that child she's responsible for that child you're responsible for your son your daughter and therefore because you're responsible you're going to be held you're going to be held accountable for that son that daughter on yawm al-qiyamah and for that reason we found that the salaf they said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask the father ask the mother ask the parent first on yawm al-qiyamah concerning the child before he asks the child concerning the father concerning the mother concerning the guardian therefore it's a great responsibility and the book of Allah and the son of the messenger in it there are guidelines that have been put down for us to follow in terms of taking care of our children and among those guidelines we'll mention six the first of those guidelines is a dua making dua to have righteous children making dua that Allah takes care of your children safeguards your children as Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam he said Rabbi habli min salihin oh my lord grant me offspring from the righteous righteous offspring if you think about it this is a great prophet of Allah not a commoner like myself and yourselves a great and mighty noble prophet a prophet that Allah described as an ummah yet in spite of that he makes dua to Allah to grant him righteous offspring and look how Allah answered his dua that from the offspring of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam Ismail alayhi salam Ishaq alayhi salam and from them too came prophets and messengers from Ishaq came the prophets and the messengers of Bani Israel and from Ismail alayhi salam came Khairul Khalq the best of creation Rasuluna al-Kareem Muhammad ibn Abdullah alayhi salatu wasalam this is a fruit from the fruits of making dua to Allah to grant you righteous offspring so that's one guideline second guideline is an nasiha giving your child advice offering advice to your child offering counsel to your child admonishing your child and what is the greatest thing that you're meant to advise your child with what is the greatest thing that you're meant to counsel your child with tawheed the reason why your child was created the reason why your child exists to establish the tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning this Allah wa he has said in his book the advice that Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam and Ya'qub gave, gave to their children. Oh my child, indeed Allah has chosen for you your deen, i.e. has chosen Tawheed as your deen. Therefore do not die except as Muslimun. What does Muslimun mean? Those who submit to Allah by establishing Tawheed. Therefore, do not neglect your child as far as this right of his is concerned. The right of counsel, the right of guidance, the right of advice, advising your child and counseling your child concerning Tawheed and the rights of Tawheed. Third guideline is a rifq gentleness. On an occasion, the Messenger 
he kissed one of his grandchildren. So then one of the, one of the people that was with him, they said, I have 10 children and I have never kissed one of them at all. So what does the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam say? Man la yarham la yurham. The one that does not show mercy, then he's not going to receive mercy. If it is the case that you don't express, show, manifest to your child your gentleness to him, your compassion towards him, your love towards him and her, then how do you expect Allah to have mercy upon you? If you don't show mercy to your children, how do you expect Allah to bestow his mercy upon you? Allah's Messenger clearly demonstrating to us how he was soft, how he was gentle with the child. Because if you're not soft and gentle with your child, what's going to happen? You're going to cause your child to run away from you. Therefore, that is the third principle. Gentleness towards your children. Number four, Al-Adal. Justice, fairness between your children. On an occasion, Allah's Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, he had a Nu'man ibn Bashir radiallahu ta'ala anhumah brought to him. Who was carrying him? His father, Bashir radiallahu ta'ala When he came to the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam, he said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, bear witness. Bashir, the father, says, O oh, Messenger of Allah, I want you to witness that I have granted a Nu'man, yani I have granted my son such and such a gift. So the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, he said, Every single one of your child, did you gift? Did you give a gift to all of your children? So then Al-Bashir, he said, no. So then the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, he said, he said, فَأَشْهِدْ غَيْرِي Get someone else to be a witness for you. You've given a gift to a Nu'man, but you have not get given a gift to your other children. Don't get me to be a witness. Get somebody else to be a witness for you. In another narration, he said, فَلَا أَشْهَدُ عَلَىٰ غَوْرِ I'm not going to be a witness for transgression. And then the Messenger, alayhi salatu wasalam, he said, أَلَيْسَ يَسُرُّكَ أَنْ يَكُونُوا فِي الْبِرِّ سَوَاءِ does it not make you happy? Would it not please you that all of your children will be equal, will equally love, equally be obedient and good and dutiful towards you? Meaning, wouldn't, wouldn't it please you that all of your children, they are dutiful to you? Man, he said, yes. And the Messenger, alayhi salatu wasalam, he said, فَلَا And in that case, no. In that case, I will not be a witness. And in that case, don't you be unequal, unfair in your, in your, uh, uh, the manner in which you treat your children. Treat them equally. If you're going to get a gift for one child, make sure that you get a gift for another child. If it's the case that you're going to kiss one child of yours, make sure that the other child doesn't feel left out. If it is the case that you're going to raise one child, give him a lot of attention, but then leave someone else, leave your, leave your daughter. And this is something that, does, that is not in accordance with the Sunnah of the Messenger Therefore the fourth principle from these six principles is Al-Adl, fairness and justice between your children. Fifth matter is companionship. The companionship of your child. Allah, as Allah's Messenger he said, 
المرء على دين خليله فلينظر أحدكم من يخالل A person is upon the religion of his khalil, his close friend. Therefore, let each one of you look as to whom he takes as a close and intimate friend. So yes, investigate. Have a look into who the children that your child hangs about with, who they are. Make sure that he doesn't hang about with children that are going to be a bad influence upon him. But likewise, be cautious of the other friend, the virtual friend, the friend of TV, the friend of YouTube, the friend of Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp and Twitter and what have you, the friend of social media. Your child is sitting there watching YouTube and you don't even know what he's watching. Whatever he's watching is like a friend for him now. A companion for him now. He's spending time with that, with that device and all, the, all, of, the, all of the information that he, that he is watching on, on that device. How many children they become corrupt? How many children become evil? How many children they stray from the straight path? How many children become criminals? How many children end up becoming murderers? As a result of what? As a result of this social media. Therefore, be careful. Look at what channels your child is subscribed to. Look at what content he is watching. Lest that child falls into those traps whilst you are unaware. Those traps that have been, that have been, that are in lying in wait for him to fall into, on those social media outlets, outlets, Facebook and Instagram, Instagram and YouTube and what have you. So that's the fifth principle: companionship of your child. Sixth. And final principle, and not the least, is Al-Qudwa, Al-Hasana. Make yourself a good role model for your child. As Shu'ayb alayhi salatu wasalam, he said, وَمَا أُرِيدُ أَنْ أُخَالِفَكُمْ إِلَى مَا أَنْهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ I don't want to, the Prophet Shu'ayb, he said to the people that he was preaching to, I don't want to contradict in what I am forbidding you against. I'm forbidding you against certain things. And then I'm not going to do those things that I am forbidding you against. Don't allow your child to see you commanding him with something, but then he sees that you are doing it yourself. Dad is always telling me, don't swear. But then all day long I've been hearing him swearing and using foul language. Mother is telling me all the time, use your tongue wisely, don't backbite, don't slander. But all the time I'm hearing mother backbiting and gossiping about her friends. Children aren't silly. Children, they can see contradiction occurring. Therefore, don't let your child see that. Make yourself a qudwa, qudwa hasana, a good role model for your child by your child seeing that you're implementing and practicing what you preach. So these six matters that we have mentioned, six guidelines in terms of Bringing up your children well. Those six matters. Number one, a dua. Number two, a nasiha, advice and counsel for your child. Number three, a rifq, gentleness. Number four, al adal, fairness. Number five, al jalis, the companion of your child. Make sure that he has good companionship. And number six, al qudwa, good role model. All of these six 
you have to remember that these six are only asbab. They are only means, only avenues and causes. And the one that shall bring these avenues into effect, the desired result of these avenues and these asbab into effect, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Making dua is, a, is only a means. Having good companionship is only a means. Giving your child advice, being a good role model is only a means. And therefore, like any other means, you adopt it. You work hard in attaining those means. And then you put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so if Allah wants for those means, the desired effects of those means to be brought about, then they'll be brought about. So you work hard in being a good role model. You work hard in advising your child. You work hard in making dua. You work hard in making sure that your child has good companionship. You work hard in advising your child and so on and so forth. You work hard in being fair and just. You work hard in being gentle with your child, but then you have to leave the affair to Allah. And then if Allah Jalla wa'ala, He wills based upon His wisdom, His knowledge, His mercy, His justice, for your child to be righteous, then your child will become righteous. Allah Ta'ala will muwaffaq. الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فيا أيها المسلمون connected to this matter this matter of the children there is something that is very very important that needs to be mentioned something very very relevant to our time to the era that we live in and to the environment that our children are being raised in many of you will be aware that there is a movement a movement that has been active for many many decades now but this movement is gaining much more prominence in the recent years. That is the movement of militant homosexuality. Now this group, this movement, as I've said, have been active for decades now. But in the past couple of years, they're becoming much more powerful, much more vocal. But one point needs to be mentioned is that there is a difference between militant homosexuality and the general people that consider themselves homosexuals. In fact, you may even find certain people that classify themselves as homosexuals and they're against this militant movement of homosexuality. This militant movement is separate. Another point that needs to be mentioned before we mention what we intended to say is that when we say homosexuality is a sin in Islam, what is it that we're referring to? Are we referring to just the mere thought? Is the mere thought of being attracted to the same sex considered a sin? No. One thing that needs to be clarified is that same sex attraction is not the thing that is considered a sin. So for example, a person has a thought 
of being attracted to the same gender regardless of how unnatural it may be there are causes that some of the people they mention that leads to that for example a person may have been abused as a child and so later on when he grows up he's confused and so he puts himself in that category that society providing him with or for example this idea of homosexuality is being pumped and pumped and pumped in a child's mind and so he becomes confused and he puts himself in that category that society are facilitating for him so the point is the actual thought the actual feeling itself as unnatural as it may be that isn't the sin just like the actual thought of wanting to drink alcohol the thought the inclination the temptation of wanting to smoke a certain drug that isn't the sin however when a person starts to act upon it that is when it's the sin when a person starts to engage in a homosexual lifestyle engaging in the practices of homosexual lifestyle of a homosexual lifestyle that is now the sin but even if it is the sin that does not now mean that you are meant to be rude harsh hostile to that person that has put himself in that category just like any other person that engages in that sin in a sin for example the sin of drinking alcohol you know somebody he drinks now and again what do you do your main concern is tawheed your main concern is to give da'wah to him to tawheed and explain to him that this is a sin like other sins and therefore it needs to be worked upon for that reason you will find that even amongst these da'wah stores that occur within the city centers homosexuals will come islam is explained to them they acknowledge that this is the truth and they also acknowledge that this practice that they are engaged in is a sin and is something that they need to work upon even in birmingham in one of the stores in birmingham a man he came islam was explained to him he ended up acknowledging that this lifestyle that he's engaged in is a sin and he needs to work upon it and he ended up taking shahada he ended up testifying la ilaha illallah muhammad rasulullah as a result of it being clarified to him with gentleness this is what islam is actually about tawheed and this is what islam says about homosexuality that is unnatural and it's a sin that is something that is important for a person to know concerning this matter that there is a distinction between those people that consider themselves homosexuals and this movement movement of militant homosexuality people that might be part of this movement might not be homosexual themselves even what is the agenda behind this movement the agenda behind this movement the objective behind this movement is to cause society to embrace their lifestyle to accept their lifestyle to force society to accept homosexual practices a practice that is based upon liwat upon sodomy akramakumullah and how is it the case that they want society to accept this how is it the case that they want society to embrace this what is their action plan do they have an action plan yes they do in 1971 they made a manifesto called the gay liberation manifesto and in this manifesto there are several things that they have mentioned several 
asbab, means and causes and avenues that they want to adopt in order to reach their goal of society embracing homosexuality. We'll mention four. Number one, abolishing the family unit. Abolishing the family unit. Why? Because when it is the case that you have a man who they say is like the master, the oppressor, and then the woman who they say is like the slave, and they are indoctrinating with the children to be heterosexual, then this, they say in clear-cut terms, this is one of the main things that is an oppression against our objective. The family unit, they say, goes against our objective. They clearly say this. So number one, abolishing the family unit. Number two, and we have to say this in the explicit terms because there's no other way about, no, no, other, no other way around it. Number two, premature sexualization of the child. To make the child sexualized at a premature age. Number three, promoting gender fluidity. That there is no real thing as a man or a male. And there is no real thing as a female. So if it's the case that my child grows up, to, uh, he wakes up tomorrow and he says, Father, today I'm actually a girl. So from now on, call me Jessica, call me Amanda, call me so on and so forth. You have to accept that now. You have to accept that. And number four is lowering and if possible, abolishing the age of consent. This is something that they have mentioned in their own manifesto in clear, cut, explicit terms. Nothing has been twisted. And they have an, a, uh, they have an objective to have a commune. That once it, is, once it is the case that the child, the family unit has been abolished, where is the child going to go? There's no more father anymore, there's no more mother anymore. Where are those ch children going to go? Into these communes. And then in these communes, they can achieve their objectives of premature sexualization of the child, although they're doing it already. The objective of promoting gender fluidity, although they're doing it already. The objective of lowering the age of consent, and then once that objective of lowering or abolishing the age of consent has been achieved, then we all know what's going to happen after that. So now, once you come to know this, once you hear this, it's all well and good saying how horrible this is. This is absolutely disgusting. I can't believe this is happening. It's all well and good that you say this, but then you send off your children, and you throw your children to the lions to be fed by the lions. I.e. it's all well and good acknowledging this but then you send your children to state school because the scholars have mentioned time and time again they mention it's not allowed Islamically for you to put your children in the schools of those people who aren't adherent to the religion of Islam you live with them respectfully you deal with them respectfully you are kind and good to the non-Muslims but you don't send your children to be educated at their hands because they don't know any better thus they're going to indoctrinate your child with this so a person he says but brother what am I meant to do 
If I don't send my child to school, then the law is going to be knocking on my door and I'm going to be in prison. No, that it's not a legal obligation upon you to send your child to school. What is your legal obligation? Your legal obligation is to have your child educated. That is your legal obligation in the country. That's not me saying it, it's the law itself. In the Acts of Parliament, section number 7 of the Education Act 1996, it reads, The parent of every child of compulsory school age shall cause him to receive efficient full-time education, suitable A, to his age, ability and aptitude, and B, to any special educational needs that he may have, this is the point here either by regular attendance at school or otherwise therefore you are not obligated as far as the law of this land is concerned to send your child to school you can use other options a tuition club getting a home tutor homeschooling yourself you teaching your child yourself and it is not the case that you have to use the national curriculum the legal obligation upon you is that your child is educated such that he is ready for his community. He does not even have to be ready for the whole of the UK. As long as he's ready for the community, this is within the law itself. As long as he's able to interact with the community once he reaches the age of 16, that is your legal obligation. And therefore you don't have to educate your child using the national curriculum. You can if you want to. You can purchase the revision guides and the educational guides by the different educational bodies that, that have their objectives out in line with the national curriculum, or you could use other syllabuses. You could get a syllabus from Singapore if you want. Get a, single, get a syllabus from America if you want. You can tailor your own education program as and how you want it. But the point is, we mentioned the ayah at the beginning. Save yourselves. And your family from a fire. It's not a joke. Fire is real. People are going to burn in there. And if it is the case that you're not careful about your child, then if Allah, we ask Allah to protect our children from the fire. But if Allah, He decrees based upon His justice for your child to burn in the fire of hell while you neglected Him, then you're going to have nobody to blame other than yourself. اللهم آتي نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها وصلى الله على نبينا محمد والحمد لله رب العالمين وقيم الصلاة